2: Fire up for pro football.
3: That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom.
2: This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. we play some competitive sports. Once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the Fan. Hour two of two here on Sunday morning, football Sunday here with you, Mike Rashad and Joe, until 11 o'clock. We got Hater 11 coming up at 1030, but we got to talk some of the games today as well. First of which is starting at noon on CBS. It is the Browns and the Chiefs. Uh, the line has moved yet again. Kansas City is now a nine and a half point favorite consensus, at least. I believe it's still 10 on the Oregon Lottery scoreboard app, but I'll check that here in a second. There's, there's two trains of thought here with this game.
1: Okay, let's hear them.
2: And it's almost as if there's no middle ground. The one train of thought is kind of what I teased before we went to break. Baker Mayfield against the Chiefs going to throw four picks, right? And the Browns are going to lose by 30. And that, that, in addition to the Chiefs' offense, is incredible, and Patrick Mahomes, and Tyree Kill, and yada, 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 yada. The other train of thought, at least this week, has been... This season, the Chiefs have not been as dominant as they were last year. They win a lot of close games. They're not blowing teams out. And it's almost as if they kind of are sleepwalking through the season, or they did. And there's some question as to whether or not they'll be able to blow out the Browns. Because the Browns actually have quite a good offense. It's not like the Chiefs have a good defense. So you could see this being a high-scoring close game, you know, like a like a 48-42 to 42 or something like that, which would be – Freaking fantastic to watch. I would love to watch a game like that after watching a 17-3 last night. Show me a 48-42, please. I don't, I don't feel like there's a lot of middle ground there. It's either the Browns are going to get annihilated or the Chiefs aren't really as good as we thought this year and they're going to play a much closer game. Not to say they're going to lose because I don't think anybody really thinks the Browns are going to win this game. But um, those are the two trains of thought. I tend to think it's going to be the latter. I think it's going to be a closer game than... A blowout. I think, you know, I, I personally took the plus 10 and a half in the bet. So I think the Browns will lose by 10 or less. I just, I've watched the chiefs a lot this year and there's, there's been something missing just that little extra edge Mm -hmm. that they had last year. You know, it's, it's the, it's like you won the Super Bowl, and okay. It's the, it's the hangover. It's hard to win it two years in a row. It's hard to be up for winning when you already won in the same way. And I, I just it's they've just been weird to watch this year how many bad teams have brought them to the fourth quarter within 3. You know, it happened a lot towards the end of the year. I think the stat is I don't know if it's 8 or 9 games. The last 8 or 9 games in the regular season they didn't cover the spread. And, and you know, you're used to the Chiefs winning by 30 every game it feels like or 20 because they've got Patrick Mahomes. Now the Browns don't have a good defense either. So it's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game in that sense, but I don't I don't foresee the Chiefs just completely annihilating Cleveland today.
1: Yeah, no, this this looks like wh- whosoever defense plays better is going to win this game. That's what I think. Um, you're right. Both defenses are, are are right around the same. Like, I mean, if you look at where they are statistically, um, I think they're right almost kind of neck and neck as far as um, yards allowed and passing yards or rushing yards allowed. Um, so there there's a lot of, of really fun offense that could happen out there tonight. But when you're looking at we're just being honest, if I'm looking at you know the skill players, one team versus the other, like Cleveland's nothing to sneeze at. Cleveland, I mean, now mind you, they don't have a Tariq Hill over there, but uh they man, Landry is pretty good. And he showed it last week. You know, Landry is uh, is I think and he really is one of those guys that gets because I think Odell is such a um polarizing character and such a play, and, and really Baker too, because they're both both such kind of weird cats to like. Um, you forget about Landry, who's just a good dude and just goes out there and plays, and still among some of the among some of the top receivers in the league. And I just think he gets kind of forgotten about, but he's really good. Man, you forget about the great run game that Cleveland can provide. And if they're clicking, if they're moving, man, ask the Steelers last week. Like, it can get out of hand real fast. And I think neither one of these teams can let things get out of hand because, like you said, neither defense is strong. So neither one of these teams can let this game get 14 points out of hand, 10 points out of hand, because at that point, I think you're you're trying to play catch-up. And to play catch-up, your defense has to be legit, right? You've got to have some guys that can go out there and make plays. And there's one player on both defenses that's, you know, really that dude, and that's, you know, Honey Badger. But outside of that, like, there isn't really another defensive star on either one of those teams.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Better defense to win. We got a text that said, "The idea that they're dominant makes no sense. They were losing by double digits in the playoffs in most games last year. It's simply not true." But the the thought is different. You're right. They were losing by double digits multiple times last year. Uh, in fact, I think every time last year. But in all of those games, what did you think? Oh, the Chiefs will come back.
1: Yeah, they'll win this.
2: Yeah, I think the most egregious one, which was maybe the borderline, was the Texans when they were up by. Was that 28-0 or 28-7 to or something in that first game? And then they just got you know shut out in the second half, and then the Chiefs wound up coming back. I remember having that thought, though, like, wow, the Texans really got out to a big lead here, but it's the Chiefs. I don't feel the same way this year. I know it's still there. I know it's the same team. I know it's, uh, in fact, maybe even a better team this year offensively and just the way and the, the, the skill players that they have. But... When I watch them play, I don't have the same feeling. I don't. I, I watched them so many times at the end of the regular season, and it was like, God, the Chiefs really are, are making it hard to win this game. Excuse me, Miles Garrett is
1: the other defensive star. For, please forgive me. Miles Garrett is amazing. I, I Assault. About that. Yeah, forgive me. <laughs> yes. Don't yeah, make a mad.
2: Bash Mason Rudolph in the but head with the helmet. But you see
1: that at the end of the game last week? Yeah, he yeah, went yeah. up to Mason. And they gave each other a pound. And yeah, I mean it's all. I mean, listen, you you ever play football, Mike? No, I did not. Joe. Yes, man. You say things to your teammates when you're in the in the in the fight of it. You know, what I mean, when you're out there, like you want to rip their heads off, and you'll yeah, do like stuff a like that. Bashing guy in like,
2: the head with a helmet's I, a little
1: I different. I get it. Right? I, I get it. But Miles Garrett, for all you know, for for what it's worth, has been a
3: you know, the passion's run high. Sometimes you say things to teammates. Hey man, you know, Sometimes getting...
1: you take your helmet and use he, it as a he weapon. He said he called <laughs> him the
3: N-word. He said
1: he called him the N-word. If you yeah, call me the N-word, I'm hitting you with his phone. Lynch, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it? just what's going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not a helmet, but whatever's close. <laughs> this thing of lotion is getting thrown right at
2: you. It's the twisted tea meme.
1: Yeah. Oh, my. that's what. A, you know how, how, how much that would hurt?
2: I'm assuming a it all
1: over your face. We forget about the fact that, that once that aluminum busts all over your face, probably scratches you everywhere. For it's those like, who
2: haven't seen the video, it's a couple of weeks old at this point, but it was like in a convenience store, and there was a guy in there, and I guess he was saying racial slurs, and a black guy took a twisted T off the ground or from where in his hand, and he went, he reached as far down as he could, and came full uppercut twisted T into his face.
1: Just know if you use certain words, man, you're, it was, you're uh, gonna get hit in the face with a twisted T. <laughs> there's a certain words that you just that are just off limits it was you know? glorious is that a
2: good word to use i mean i don't want to see someone being hurt but like if you deserved it you deserve it. you
1: deserve it man it's just it's oh just my one of just saying
2: oh you never saw it <laughs> oh no. oh yeah yeah
1: jesus
2: Dude reaches down like he's grabbing the center of the earth.
3: That was like stone
2: swings up with a twisted tea can. That's what he got from the center of the earth was the twisted tea can.
3: That was like stone cold, like a beard of the dome, like seeing it spray Uh, everywhere. Except
2: violent instead of enjoyable.
3: I'll bet. (laughs) You know, he got suspended
1: for what? Was it missed like most of the
2: I think like six six games. games,
1: Something stupid, you know, like should have well, so, been, more. I'm saying it should have been
2: more. Oh, I was going to say. It should
1: have been more. Like, I, I just think, I mean. But don't go boys start, or being boys on that. Come no, on. absolutely not. But, you know, when you go that, you know, that deep, like, it's one of those things. Like, you definitely should have got more uh, games than just six. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so.
2: To me, that was a little different than heat of the moment football kind of stuff, you know swinging a helmet at I'm the not top saying of the oh head. I'm not
1: saying that is I'm saying like you'll you'll try to do crazy stuff to your own teammates so you're saying is it's not me? weird that they it, reconciled? No, not really. Not well, at
2: all. Not at all. I don't know if I believe that they really reconciled or are just doing it for cameras but you know.
1: I mean, when not no people there so it's like I don't have to do this for for anyone. You can just walk off. I mean, that's 58 dudes on the team now. I was going to say yeah, five extra dudes, 56 dudes, Yeah, I don't know. The, 58 I yeah, think yeah. I have to talk to all you guys after the game. Like for what? I suppose. Yeah.
2: All right. We got to take a break because we've been long a couple of times here. Let's talk about the other game of the day. That is Saints Bree or Saints Breeze Saints Bucks. That's right. Brady Breeze. It is uh, the game that's going to be airing on the History Channel. That's been the joke all, all week long. Brought to you by AARP. Yes. And Tom Brady with the tweet of the year before the game. And we'll get to the game and that and more next. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and
3: Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
2: A tale as old as time, literally. <laughs> Tom yeah, Brady, they old. Drew Brees. History Channel.
3: <sighs> this game,
2: man. I don't know why I got all breathy with that. It kind of got sensual at the end. Apologies. Yeah, the voice
3: sounded more like a Lifetime Channel show. Well, it started a off as like. all the time. <laughs> Brady. Please Lifetime
2: Passion. has the creepiest movies
1: <laughs> Lifetime movies Intrigue. are like My daughter's boyfriend murdered my cat <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, like it's
2: the I think there's thing. actually like a large faction of people that watch that sh- that channel they religiously do? Oh, Absolutely. there's certainly
3: a demographic Absolutely. for it And I
1: don't understand I remember seeing I'm sleeping with my, uh, my English lit professor Volume 2, it's like, geez, man, where do y'all, people watch it.
2: I don't remember if, I don't know if this was real or if it was a fake image, so I'm not going to claim it was real, but I saw it was the 2020 holiday movie rollout for Lifetime, or maybe it was Hallmark, one of the two channels. Hallmark, probably. And every single movie had the same... Not the same, but basically the same woman and man on the front with the same colors and just a different name of a movie.
1: Uh, and it's basically about finding love on Christmas, right? Basically. Okay. Yeah. And they were all, super they were, original. And there
2: were like 25 of them and they were all different, but they were all exactly the Show same. Show
1: me something different. Show me finding love on like St. Patrick's Day you know like that would be right. fun yeah exactly
2: i've been drinking a lot you've on been a, drinking a lot um, you want to love each other on a yeah. pub crawl
1: i'm at the love of my life i want to love my I yeah. love yeah that
2: would be great yeah that would be fantastic
1: <laughs>
2: it'd probably be a terrible movie but you know what they're all terrible movies anyway so i
1: think it could be good
2: <laughs> uh but yeah the tale as old as time is tom brady versus drew Brees. this is probably drew Brees's last year in the nfl Remember, there's the talk that Taysom Hill is the starter of the future, which I still will never understand, and that this would be the transition year where Breeze would be there, and he would help Taysom, and you'd see Hill get more time in there, which he did. Also, Breeze broke every rib in his body, so Taysom Hill started for a couple of weeks in the middle as well. And Tom Brady, who doesn't age that much. He's older, you can tell, but hey, as long as he's getting protection, he can still sling it. It's, it's uh it's, it's one of those games that, for me personally, I don't care about the like four storylines, the Breeze-Brady thing, but it's still uh, generally when these games happen, it's like, oh, the quarterback match. I'm like, I don't care. Just show me the game. But this one is interesting to me for some reason because I think it feels like the end, even though I know Brady still has a couple more years that he wants to play. It kind of feels like the end. Also, you're going to get Aaron Rodgers versus the winner of this game. It kind of feels like the we're getting towards the end of the old quarterbacks as we've transitioned into the new quarterback group, which is mostly in the AFC, to be completely honest with you. You got Mahomes and Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, and um, I mean, I guess Baker Mayfield, if you want to throw him in there. But, you know, there's a bunch of young AFC quarterbacks that are good, Deshaun Watson. And um it's all the old in the NFC. And it's just kind of it's kind of interesting. It just feels like it kind of feels like we're just kind of about to see the end of it all, yeah, so it's it's enjoyable in that sense for that's me. That's a some good reason. point. I
1: hadn't thought about the fact that all the young guys are in the AFC yeah. and all the old guys, with the exception of like Russell Wilson, uh, is in the the. I NFC. mean, even Russ
2: is old at this point. Cons- yeah, Russ comparatively, is like 30,
1: Russ is like thirty-one at yeah. this point, and so and
2: Mahomes is what twenty-six, twenty-seven.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and that's that's a that's a very uh, good point. You know, the old dogs in the NFC, you know, have kind of been the the, the standard bearer of of the NFL for the past. Shoot 20 years, you know, even back when, you know, Drew Brees first came to the Saints. Now, what was that, like 2007? Because they won the Super Bowl back in 07.
2: Was that 07? Oh, oh, they I think.
1: won the Super Bowl, and I want to say it was like oh, oh, 08, you know, something like that. It was 08, 09. it was pretty early. 2010. Jeez, ten. that was 10 years ago?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Jeez Louise, man. So thirty one seventeen
2: so 17 over Peyton Manning.
1: So for 10 years, you know, Drew Brees has been considered. Uh, one of one of the best, if not you know, stat-wise, probably the best quarterback in the league. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. You know, consider that Tom Brady, the most winningest quarterback. His playoff numbers are stupid, like just stupid. Like I mean, hundred games over like over five hundred for his career just overall. You know, but every passing record, every touchdown record, every you know uh, completion. Like there's not a, a record as far as wins or as far as Playoff trips, like he has more trips to the AFC Championship game than franchises, you know combined have trips to the AFC Championship game. So these are three of the most storied quarterbacks. It's crazy; they're all in the NFC, but yeah, man, you're you're probably this could be the last game we see Drew Brees. Brady, we know he'll be back, but win or lose, even if the if the Saints do make it all the way to the Super Bowl, I think Drew Brees is probably probably done.
2: Now I feel like in this game specifically, the the Saints are better. I think they have a more well-rounded team. But for my own personal pick, it's going to be Tampa because I trust Tom more than I trust Drew. Uh, watching Drew Brees play quarterback is painful right now. He, he's, he can very rarely throw the ball down the field. Every once in a while, he'll pop a deep pass and it'll be good. But otherwise, he's dinking and dunking and it looks painful. Like It looks like he's in pain throwing the football more than four yards. Brady, on the other hand, as long as he has a clean pocket, is still slinging it. If he's getting under pressure now, he can't get out as much as he used to. He'll just take a sack or his throws have been off if he feels any bit of pressure. So even even he's getting the effects of age finally, which uh, we have not been able to say for most of his career. But Brady's the better quarterback right now. And the Saints have a better defense, although the Bucs don't have a bad defense. The Saints have a better run game. But I like Brady more. So I'm going to take Tampa on this one if I'm going to make a pick.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like Tampa's team, you know, obviously I, um, you know, Michael Thomas is, is amazing. Um, uh, Camara, Alvin Kamara is great. Um, but I think the, the questions are at quarterback and then if you have to go with a, if for whatever reason, Drew Brees can't, you know, complete the game or things get ugly or whatever, like you can't put him in Taysom Hill for, I mean, he's questionable coming in this game. So not sure if he'll play, but, is Jameis Winston your, your your option if things for whatever reason and I'm knocking on wood here, but for, for whatever reason things go wrong. And I'm just looking at this Bucks team and saying, um
2: Well it's it, Taysom Hill.
1: Taysom Hill. I'm so I'm so sorry, Taysom Hill. But um look at Jameis
2: continues to never get an opportunity. No,
1: Jameis is never going to get an opportunity. But I know coming into this game, Taysom is is uh, it's listed questionable. So we'll see if I'm not sure you guys know if he's playing today or not, but I didn't know he was questionable. So yeah, So either way. I will find I'm him. I'm I'm looking at this Bucks team saying, uh, if we know Brady knows how to win.
2: Oh, there you go. Yeah, seven hours ago, not likely to play Taysom Hill, so it will be Jameis.
1: There, there you, there you go. go. You are correct. So you got, you better hope that you know nothing goes wrong with with Drew Brees, and it looks like guys like Indama and Sue are you know finally feel comfortable enough in that defense, and while they're not great, like you said, it looks like they can make plays when they kind of need to, and I'm. I think this Bucks team under under this leadership of Brady, like I feel like Brady's one of those dudes you don't want to disappoint, you know right? Like you 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 just every time a a, court, a receiver misses a uh, misses a ball or something like that, there's this look on this face. that's like I don't want to look over at Tom because I know that he's going to be staring a hole through my forehead, and so I'm just going to try to go back to the huddle and make the right play next time. So I'm looking at a bunch of young dudes who really want it. We got to mention Antonio Brown who showed up big time in that game last. We got to we can't forget. He's healthy. He's you playing. You has three
2: number ones in Godwin, Evans, and and Brown.
1: That's craziness. Yeah, and and Brown has almost kind of become like an afterthought. You know, right? We he hasn't gotten in trouble. He hasn't done anything crazy. Why? Because the leadership that he has right now, for whatever like, reason,
2: uh, Tom Brady loves him, and Antonio Brown respects the hell out of Brady in the way where it seems like he just completely stays clean in this little world. Because you know, he was, I mean, the Patriots thing was short lived but he was cut from the Patriots because of something that happened before he was with the Patriots. Everybody loved him on the
1: Patriots. Belichick loved him. All his teammates loved him. Like, he was somebody that the Pats really, really wanted to hang on to. You know who else Brady had a great relationship with that was troubled? Randy Moss. Randy Moss got, man, oh, he doesn't care when he's playing in Oakland. He didn't care when he played in Minnesota, didn't get along with. Then he got to New England and was like, oh, I like this guy. He understands me. Because Brady understands, like, hey, man, just show up and play. Can you catch the ball when I throw it to you? Great. I don't care what you do after that.
2: By the way, I just saw this. This is completely unrelated, but I as I Twitter searched Taysom Hill. This was the third tweet from a week ago. I'm watching the game on Nickelodeon with my 3-year-old son and he just asked, "Daddy, why do the Saints insist on forcing the football to Taysom Hill when he doesn't do anything in that well and they have two better quarterbacks and four to five better playmakers on their roster?"
3: I'm so proud. <laughs> Very
2: good. That's a great tweet. That's a kid
3: that's paying attention to what's going on. I'm sorry, he said he was three years old yeah. and asked that. I mean
2: it's a joke tweet. I was gonna but say, my God. <laughs> it's a joke tweet, but it's funny. But I that kid
3: uh, is the OC for the Jets. <laughs>
2: get, that, get him an interview, at least. Uh okay. We got a break. We got Hater Love it coming up next, and then we'll talk some blazers to wrap the show up because uh, you know, things are happening, injuries are happening again. Uh but first Joe has sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, that music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Joe will ask us questions, award us points and the winner post the last segment which we'll be talking about.
3: The Blazers. Let's, let's,
1: let's keep it fair, Joe. Let's keep it fair today, okay?
3: Yeah, Joe, keep
2: it fair today.
3: I am as fair and balanced as Fox News. That is their, that is their motto. Fair <laughs> and balanced. No they longer go. their
2: motto, but yes. Oh, really? Is they changed it, not? it Yeah. Well, good. I, I'm shocked. Huh. I'm pretty sure that was like a year it, ago they changed did it. Did
1: they change it to, we just say stuff? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll see. I don't know what their motto is now.
3: Okay. Let's get this started with the Packers. They looked impressive against the Rams yesterday. And you got Saints. Most watched, most
2: trusted. <laughs> For real? That's their, that, that was the, it used to be fair and balanced. It changed in 2017.
1: AKA we be lying. That's what it says. Yeah. So that's what the, that's the, it's
3: like CBS growing up there. They've always been like the number one watch network in all of the country. And I'm like lies. Nobody really?
1: watches big bang theory. <laughs> <I'm> like,
3: Really <laughs> what are you talking about. All right. Anyways, uh, Packers looked really good against the Rams and you got the saints and bucks today. Hate it or love it. Regardless of the winner of that game, the Packers are going to the super bowl. Oh, I'll say love on that one.
2: Like I've said a couple of times already, the Packers look the most super bullish to me. I just, when you have an elite quarterback, an elite running back and the an elite wide receiver, there's not much you can do. That's going to go wrong. I actually looked at that as a bad thing earlier this year. I was like, man, they don't have a lot of depth outside of those three guys, but I was wrong. I was wrong on that. I, you know, you don't need depth beyond three elite players to keep winning and, and being in games. Now you saw yesterday, they got it in contributions from Valdez, Scantling and, uh, Tunyon, and you had the big touchdown catch from Lazard, but it was mostly Devontae Adams, it was mostly Aaron Jones, and it was mostly Aaron Rodgers, and it didn't matter what the Rams did because those three are really good, and they can just score and get yards at will. Uh, so, yeah, it's not going to matter if it's the Bucs or it's the Saints because neither of those teams has have, have a better defense than the Rams did. The Rams had the number one defense in the NFL, and the Packers just scored 28 on them, and it didn't seem like it was that much of an issue for them to score points on the Rams. So you think the Saints or the or the Bucs are going to be able to do better than the Rams could? The Saints also have a good defense, but it wasn't at the exact same level to me. I think this is Green Bay's year, at least in the NFC. So love, they are going to get to the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, I, would, I would have to say uh, love as well, um, as much as I think... Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could really be the only team that could oppose them. Because like Lynch said, whenever you have a star quarterback or running back and a receiver, well, Tampa Bay has a star quarterback, two good two good tight ends, three uh, number one receivers. Uh, they're a different breed. They have a great head coach. They have a great group of coordinators. Um, like I said, the defense is starting to get after it right now. And Dominican Sue is starting to play uh, a little bit better uh, right up front. But that defense can come, has to come through. But for the most part, I'm looking at this this. Green Bay team is being like a team of destiny. Ever since like the first week of the season, they've just looked better than everybody else. When everybody else has kind of had some type of regression, uh, the, the Chiefs slowed down a little bit. The, uh, the Buccaneers had a couple bumps in the road here and there. The Saints had so their issues. The, the, the Packers are the one team that never wavered. They're the one team that never got any worse, even though they had some losses. They came back and avenged each of those losses. So I think this team is set up better than anybody else to win a Super Bowl. And, again, who's starving more? Which quarterback is starving more for an NFL championship for a Super Bowl than Aaron Rodgers?
3: Okay. Moving on to our AFC matchup today. Kansas City Chiefs against the Cleveland Browns. You guys touched on it a little bit earlier, how the Chiefs haven't uh, haven't looked very Kansas City Chief-like this season compared to last year. Blowing teams out, they've kept it a little close. And the Browns, they're riding high right now after their win against the Steelers, and for some reason, Chase Claypool still feels the reason to talk about them, even though he's not playing anymore. Um, so, The Chiefs nine and a half point favorites, but hate it or love it, Chiefs against the Browns will be a one possession game.
2: You want to? By the way, a ton of money must have been coming in on the Browns. Chiefs now an eight point favorite. Oh, the line line has moved two full points in the last two hours. It must have been. Yeah,
1: I thought ten was a lot. It must have
2: been. Well, it's been sitting there most of the week. Yeah, it must have been some couple of huge sharp bets must have come in recently because. It's down to eight.
1: Uh, I, that makes
2: me having plus ten and a half feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good number. Um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry. One more time, Joe. I'm, I'm loving what now? Or Chiefs on 11. Browns will
3: be a one score game. Oh 11. man,
1: I I I love that. Um, I, I think both teams are. Very similar in the way they play. Obviously, one has Patrick Mahomes, and he's a little bit of magic. Um, but I'm looking at the the Browns and say the Browns offensively might have just a little bit more than the Chiefs has. Whenever you have a guy like Tariq Hill and somebody that can take the top off, uh, that's something that you know can do you you know really really well and down the stretch. But I'm looking at this Browns team, saying they can score just as well. Both defenses aren't good. Both defense can be scored on. Both of them. I mean, outside of Teron, uh, Teron Matthew, there's not really a DB out there for for either team that can make plays uh, in, in the open field like that or on, on defense. So I think it can be a one-score game. Again, if I, like I said, if somebody gets ahead 10 points, I think this game is over. Just because I don't think either defense is stout enough to be able to to. Kind of build some type of mount, some type of comeback or anything like that. But I definitely think this can be a one score game. At the very most, I see it being eight points, you know, uh, an, an eight point ball game. But I don't see if I, if there again, if there is some more than one touchdown score, a more than one touchdown lead, 10 points, 14 points, that team is going to win the game for but, sure.
2: Yeah. This, this, this game screams back to our cover too for the Browns. It's just, I, I love it too. One score game. The Browns aren't here by mistake. I think that's one thing we have to remember there is, is we, we look at the matchup, Chiefs-Browns, and we go, well, duh, Kansas City's the best team in the AFC. They're 14-2, and two and the Browns are the Browns, right? We don't trust the Browns. We don't trust Baker Mayfield, but the Browns aren't just the Browns this year. The Browns finally found a head coach slash play caller in Kevin Stefanski who knows what he's doing, and Baker Mayfield has played well enough to <laughs> win games and win at a high clip. They had 11 wins this year. But their strength is running the football, and they have two really good running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So as long as they run the football well, it kind of allows Baker Mayfield to get more time in the pocket. And The, the Browns are a solid team. I think that's the thing that everyone's like, well, it's the Chiefs and the Browns, of course, is Kansas City. But Kansas City, like I said, we said earlier in the show, they're not covering the spread. They're not blowing teams out in the same way. I don't know if they're coasting. I don't know if it's a Super Bowl hangover. Definitely I don't know coasting. if it's just... Other teams are slowly figuring out their offensive intricacies and getting obviously they're not stopping it well because they're still 14 and two, but um, getting it to be uh, stopping it enough to stay closer in the game, I should say. So I uh, love Browns will keep it as a one score game.
3: All right, we've got some hires this week in the NFL. Uh, the latest being Robert Sala to the New York Jets, which I think is a great hire. You mm-hmm. also had Arthur Smith, OC of the Titans, going to the Atlanta uh, Falcons, rather. Two bird teams in Atlanta. How about that? And he got Urban Meyer going from Ohio State to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, hated 11. Urban Meyer to the Jags is a good hire. I'm going to go ahead and say hate.
2: And it's it's for one very simple reason for me is that it sounds as if Urban Meyer wants a lot of control. And that's fine in some cases, but college coach going to the NFL, asking for a lot of control makes me nervous. College coach has full control over his players, right? He can tell his players to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that, and they listen, right? They're not paid. It's it's a college team. It's a different environment. In the NFL, players don't give a rip what the head coach says half the time. It's a very different dynamic. You can't just yell and scream your way to the top of the mountain. You got to You got to be able to kind of manage all the personalities in the room because most of the guys are getting paid more than you. Although I think Urban Meyer is going to get paid a lot of money in Jacksonville. Also, the report that I saw is that he's looking at potentially hiring a lot of college coaches as his assistants. I think if you're a guy who has never coached in the NFL before, and you're gonna step in and be a head coach, you need to hire guys who have NFL experience so that they can fill the gaps that you don't have yet because you're gonna be new to the NFL. Um, So if he follows through with that thought that he's gonna hire mostly college guys to bring with him, then I'm worried too. So for those reasons I say hate, I think he could be good, um, but he hates losing. Every time he lost a game, I, I say this not jokingly, it's seriously, he had a medical issue. Like he would pass out on the sideline or he'd lose vision in an eye, or like he's like a super stressed health issue guy. He's not gonna, I mean, the Jags are gonna lose eight, nine games next year, I mean, right? It, Trevor Lawrence is not gonna fix
1: every problem on that team. How is he gonna deal with losing? So I, I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say hate. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, man. Cause I wanna say love because um, the, the good thing is you don't have much of a culture in Jacksonville in the first place so anything you do is going to be an improvement as far as uh, building a culture doing something new and then it's going to breathe, uh, breathe new life into this franchise because you have uh, a star quarterback and Trevor Lawrence which assuming they go and get Trevor Lawrence which they should and then a star coach in uh, Urban Meyer, somebody who's well-respected on the college length, college ranks. And then you look at this team and you got a lot of, you know, really kind of young guys that are a part of this team. You know, DJ Chark is, uh, you know, what, a third-year guy, you know, at this point. So maybe Urban Meyer for some of these guys might resonate because Urban Meyer probably recruited some of these guys that are in their <laughs> fourth year or fifth year or, you know, whatever the case is. So um, I see that as being a good thing. I think the issue there is – um, you you don't have a, a whole lot of talent in the first place. So there's going to be some losing in, in store for Urban Meyer there. Like that's typically what happens when you have a, a quarterback that you're going to get first overall, uh, you try to build your team around that. And it takes a little bit for you to really get your footing. So uh, I love that Urban Meyer uh, can change that culture. The way we saw Pete Carroll uh, change that culture of, the, of uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks. But, Will he have that overall impact? Can, and again, like Lynch said, Pete Carroll is a youthful 70 something. Urban Meyer often has to take time off of his uh, college uh, coaching duties to go home and just rest up or do whatever. And so that's the one issue I see for being that if you thought college was stressful, the NFL is probably gonna stress you out just as much, if not more. But there's a lot of things he won't have to do now as far as recruiting. He won't have to go door to door and then talk to these kids anymore and talk to their parents and make all these promises and all these things that as a college coach you have to do to. Make parents and kids feel comfortable coming to your team now you can focus on x's and o's and contracts if you really want that type <laughs> of responsibility but i think this is a good thing for jacksonville because they need uh, after everything they've been through after all the terrible uh, terrible picks after all the bad quarterbacks through all the bad coaching they finally deserve an opportunity to be relevant again much like we're seeing with the browns and the bills
3: All right, and on to our last one. Adam Schefter just tweeting out a little bit ago that the Houston Texans... I was just going to
2: bring this up because it's insane to me.
3: The Houston Texans job went from the most desirable to the least desirable job of all the head coaching vacancies. Uh, Sean Watson may be on the move, hate it or love it. He will be on a different team next season. Well, just to to clarify, the tweet is, it's gone from the least desirable
2: head head coaching job opening, least desirable to the least most undesirable job in the entire league. Oh, wow. So from just what's open to now, nobody wants to touch what's going on in Houston. I understand. Um, I'm going to say hate though, because the Texans still have to trade him. And as much as he wants to be out, uh, he's a very good quarterback. And I don't know if a team is going to be willing to give up as much as the Texans will ask for a guy like Deshaun Watson. Now as a Broncos fan, I would love for Denver to go all in and trade for, trade for Deshaun Watson drew locks, not the answer. I saw some bleacher report thing that was like trade drew lock two firsts in the second. And I was, I would do that in a heartbeat. Well, I do think that's going to be enough. I think if you're going to get a guy like Deshaun Watson, you got to trade your quarterback like three firsts and a couple of seconds. And I don't know if a lot of teams are willing to do that, but I would do it if I'm the Broncos. I just don't know if he's going to get traded. The, the, this Texans thing is so weird. So the ownership situation, it changed, right? Like didn't the owners change and they brought in this guy who doesn't know football and all he wants is is like this weird control. And there's like, I, I don't know the full details of it, but every time I read about it, it feels like the guy doesn't know anything and just wants to have control over it and is like a control freak. And okay, so we're gonna hire the search firm to hire a new GM and Deshaun Watson, we're gonna have him involved in the process because he's our guy. And oh, all the names the search firm came up with and the names Deshaun Watson came up with, Now nah, we're not gonna do any of it. We're gonna hire this guy from New England. Oh, but Deshaun Watson wants to get a, get a say in the head coach. Cool, who do you want, who do you want as your head coach? Oh, the enemy from Kansas City? Nope, not even gonna interview him. I mean, it's incredible what they're doing. It doesn't make any sense. You don't wanna piss off your best player but I don't think they're going to trade him because it's Deshaun Watson. And how do you trade a guy like that? I, I mean, ha- how do you trade a guy like that? I'm sure every team in the NFL that needs a quarterback is salivating, but I don't know if they're going to do it.
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, I've, I've, I love it. I think they have to do it. The unfortunate thing is um, you pay Deshaun Watson $156 million. The issue with that is now you have to figure out how to pay everybody else, and you can't do that because you're over the salary cap at this point. You have no cap space. You have no room to make any big decisions or any big moves. Deshaun Watson is the only piece that you have that somebody actually wants right now. Like, J.J. Watt is still a good player, but... Considering where J.J. Watt is, considering the injuries, the surgeries and stuff he's had, you're not going to get as much money or as much return for a J.J. Watt as you would have five years ago.
2: I'd like to retract and say love because there's a new tweet from Adam Schefter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did he say? There is a growing sense
2: from people in and around the Texans organization that Deshaun Watson has played his last snap for the team. It's early in the offseason. There's a lot of time left, but Watson's feelings cannot and should not be underestimated.
1: Do you see how J.J. Watt was so, you know, disappointed in talking to him? He's like, man, I'm sorry. We wasted a year of yours. Like, this is enough time for you to win, and we, we couldn't do that for you. Like, they know that they're going to lose that guy because they haven't done enough to put him around him. That goes back to Bill O'Brien and some of the stuff that he did. So I love that they have to get rid of him because the, the, you're, you've handcuffed yourself and you have no other ways to make moves but to make a move, a splash with your quarterback to get something in return. Come on, Broncos. And do it.
3: And with that, do, it. do it, Broncos. Mike is not your winner. Rashad is. I was about to say, bro, if you give that to Mike Lynch, I'm breaking this, <laughs> this glass. Stoneful I lost Steve the point Austin for style. trying to change my hot take after seeing it. But so. Mike could be a winner if his Broncos get Deshaun Watson. That'll hey, man, nice. I'll,
1: I'll give it to him gladly if they do. But when we come back, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Little, guess we'll say Blazers. something about the Blazers and everything. We don't have a lot of time left. That's yeah. next on The Fan.
2: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on Ten Eighty the Fan.
0: I will give
3: in defend, I
1: will defend Well that sounds good. It's been a while uh, since we heard that I, one. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like the jabs you're trying to take right now, you I get it. <laughs> You've been winning. Thanks a lot, Joe. What is that? Glorious. I thought uh, we were cool. I guess not. Uh, it's most watched, most trusted. That's what it is. Oh, uh, okay, very good. <laughs> we be lying. Uh, so uh, Portland Trailblazers have been on a bit of a. They've they've they played well over these past like
3: five games or so. It like, games. where are you going with yeah, this? Yeah, I'm like, because I mean, I think, I think they you're going to say winning streak, but they only yeah, had one no, they only one, got so. yeah, they've so four or five. They, they were
1: they had won four games prior to that. Yeah, um, and then so, they got
2: killed by the Pacers. And then
1: they got destroyed by the Pacers. So it's important to make sure that you kind of tell the whole story. Like, they did have a letdown game against the Pacers. They were able to rebound uh, last night against Atlanta. Um, lose CJ McCollum, not sure for how long, but he's out with the sprained foot. Lose uh, Yusuf Nurkic, now we know exactly for how long, eight weeks, two months. Well, at least At weeks. least eight weeks. Which is so, about
2: 30 games, apparently.
1: Which, you know, in the shortened season Wee. is something that – and how – Thankful are you as a Blazer fan that you wouldn't got Cantor again. Like the timing couldn't have been any more perfect because Cantor who played a big role for the Blazers as they made their Western Conference uh, Championship run a couple of um, years ago, yeah, when
2: Nurk broke his when leg.
1: Nurkic was out with a broken leg, it was really Cantor that kind of saved the day for them. But I'm clear, I'm curious. Lynch, By the way, right?
2: Cantor is playing out of his playing mind. Playing really sure. well,
1: playing really well, man. He, just,
2: I, I forgot just how good he is at offensive rebounding and finishing at the rim. It's like it's
1: insane. It, it, it's like every missed the shot that he's in
2: there. It's like Will Cantor's going to get it. Yeah. He's got a ninety nine percent chance of hitting the shot. And
1: it's funny because Nurkic when we talked we talked about this earlier. He does this little pirouette thing around the rim. But when Cantor does it, you know it's going in. It's like uh, okay, there it goes. That's yeah. a, that's a good shot. But I'm curious to know, Lynch, where do you put this Blazers team right now uh, in the mix of, of the Western Conference? Well, I think I'm
2: kind of putting them right now solidly in the five six seven range. I thought they would be a little bit better, especially defensively. They've shown signs of getting better, although their defensive rating is still like bottom five in the league right now, I think it's 26th. They've shown signs of being better. The second half against the Hawks yesterday was very good. They only gave up 40 points in the half. And that's a very good offensive team too, let's not forget. So I mean, they're they're showing signs, but I just don't know if it's gonna get to a point where it's back into a top half defense. If it's a top half defense, And you have Dame and CJ playing the way that they can play. And I think this team, even with Nurk's injury, can finish in the top four in the West. I just don't know if the defense is going to have enough time to gel to get to that point, at least not until the second half of the season. That could mean in the playoffs, in a playoff series, it's going to be good. Like You've kind of figured it out by then, and then you're a good defensive team. I just don't know if it's going to be good enough to get you higher in the seating. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I have them.
1: Oh, man, I mean, th- I think they're I'm right about the same. Hopefully, they c- I think they can be as high as the third seed. I think they can get there, but it's going to take some work, and it's going to take a lot of people being healthy and stay away from COVID.
2: Basically, only the Lakers are a sure thing right now. Everybody below the Lakers are within, like, two games of each other. It's insane in the West right now. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. we got both games next week on Sunday. So it'll be a championship week edition of Football Sunday. My favorite. Enjoy the games today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Good luck in your bets, and we'll see you next week.
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.